This message was shared from the pulpit at Good News Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. For more information, visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org. For those of you on the recording, I don't know how much you missed, but we're on number six, the theology. Jesus came introducing the kingdom. Now, we look at this words at hand, right? And for us, it can mean near, close to, something like that. So sometimes we get this idea like, oh, the kingdom was almost there, but not quite. When in reality, it's, it's used many times, uh, and we're not going to look at all of it, but Matthew 26, 45, Luke 10, 9, Luke 15, 1, Acts 7, 17. It's used many times to describe something that, that it's at hand, it's right there, it's available, it's able to be grasped and touched. And so Christ comes to this earth. The time is fulfilled, right? Uh, Galatians 4, 4, we know when the fullness of time was come. We know that, that God had been preparing from Genesis 3.15 onward. God had been preparing this time. The time was fulfilled and now Christ comes preaching the kingdom. He comes and he introduces the kingdom. But he doesn't just introduce it and say, well, you almost had it. It's almost here. But rather, he declares that it had come. So now what you have, you have the Pharisees over there. And they're really angry because Jesus, how dare he, is doing miracles and casting out demons. And they say, mm, he has Beelzebub. And then this is what Jesus says. But if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God is come unto you. Or else, how can one enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods? Okay, so get the statement Christ says. If I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom has come. Christ came introducing the kingdom. Repent, for it is right here. It is near at hand. It is graspable. And now, Christ has brought the kingdom. He is there. He says, it has come. This is, the, uh, this is an aorist tense, so kind of imagine like a, a period, right? It's no, it's, there's no discussion about it. If I'm doing this by the power of God, the kingdom has come, period. It's here. And so this is where I want to get to, right? So we, we delve into this already, not yet idea. The kingdom is already here, but it's not yet fully culminated. But what does that mean for you and for me? How does the kingdom affect us? How will the kingdom help us as we seek to bring order to chaos? It reminds us of who is truly in charge. So go with me to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse 29. We look around at chaos. We look around at the world. I look at Chuk. Chuk will, you talk to any Chukis person, and they will tell you, oh yes, we are a Christian people. Oh yes. We all go to church. Oh yes, in Chuk, you don't ask, what do you do? Well, you can. You can say, what do you do for a living? But, you know, that's a very American question. What do you do for a living? In Chuk, you say, 
Nathan Navaram. What's your religion? Huh? You say, what's your religion in Chuk? And that's that's the idea. We look around and I lost my train of thought. Yep, I was going somewhere with it. But here's where I want us to go at. Chapter 2 of Acts, verse 29. Says this, Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David, that he's both dead and buried in sepulchres with us today. No disputes there. Peter's up, he's preaching, he says, hey, David, he's dead. Therefore, being a prophet, alright, so he's claiming under divine inspiration, David was a prophet. Where would David have written? In the Psalms. And knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him. Okay, this is all the way back in, oh, is it First or Second Samuel 7? Forgive me. It's one of those where we have the Davidic promise, right? The Davidic covenant. Knowing that God had sworn an oath to him that the, of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, right? Not some spiritual entity somewhere, but of the fruit of the loins, his flesh and blood, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. He, seeing this before, spake of what? The resurrection. He, seeing this... So, so here it is. He's saying, David said, under inspiration of the Holy Spirit, David said, God told me that from my own body, I would have a descendant that would raise up and sit on this throne. And David was speaking of the resurrection. When would this descendant sit on the throne? He was speaking of the resurrection. That his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. Speaking of Christ, now he clarifies it. This Jesus has God raised up. Interesting. Because it says that he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. This Jesus, whom God has already raised up, whereof we are all witnesses, therefore, right now, being by the right hand of God exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he hath shed forth this, which you now see and hear. For David is not ascended into the heavens. David wasn't talking about himself. David wasn't talking about Solomon. David is not the one that was going to be this ruler, but he saith himself in Psalm 2, okay, if you want to keep track there, in Psalm 2, the Lord said unto my Lord, right, sit thou on my right hand until I make thy enemies thy footstool. Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made that same Jesus whom you have crucified both Lord and and Christ. What we have here is a very blatant declaration that Christ in the resurrection has been coronated. He has been crowned king. All authority, all power, all dominion has now been given solely to Christ. All of it. Now we're going to get into this especially toward the end of our series, but then now it really makes sense when you think of Christ saying, well now 
Go ye therefore into all the world. Why? Because all authority is given to me. Christ is king. Not one day. Not spiritually is he the king. But Jesus Christ right now is king of Chuk. He's king of America. He is king of Minneapolis. He is king of Tonga. He's king of Sierra Leone. Whether they want to recognize it or not. So that puts a whole new spin on the fact that we are ambassadors of Christ. We're the forward party declaring the king is on his throne. So then the question, as we wrap it all up, it's 8.15, so I didn't get you out of here early, but we're pretty much done. As we wrap it up, I want us to think then of this, right? Sorry, let me do that. Jesus is now crowned. Christ is sitting on the throne. He is ruling. What does that mean for order versus chaos? What does that do for you and for me? Well, now we are no longer scared little uh, weenies in the corner going, I wish we could do something about it. But rather, there are scriptures like this. Romans chapter 16, verse 20. And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under whose feet? Under your feet. Shortly. That's an amazing verse. Now, what we have to ask ourselves then, why in the world is everything still so bad? If Christ is truly king, if right now, right now, right now, now, he is seated on the throne and ruling sovereignly and bringing all things under his feet. Why is it so bad? Have you ever seen a serpent crush? Have you ever hit the head of a snake? What happens with the body? Last verse, Hebrews 2, verse 14. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 14. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil. He's destroyed. The head is crushed. Chaos is conquered but the tail is still swinging. And so you and I have been called under the authority, not of a future somewhere distant spiritual king, but of a king that is ruling right now. You and I have been called to bring order to the rest of the chaos that is around us. And that is what we're going to study, is how we do that over the next several weeks. And by the end of it, you and I, we won't be perfect at it, but we will be able to go out and look around and with confident courage and optimism face the chaos around us and expect victory. Father, we love you. Please help us to go out now and to please you in everything we do. In the name of Jesus Christ, our King, our Savior, and amazingly, our friend. Amen. Thank you for listening. 
If you have questions about your relationship with God, or you would like to know more about the ministry of Good News Baptist Church, you can visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org or call us at 757-488-3241. We trust your heart was challenged as you listened, and we want to encourage you to share this message with others. May the truth of God's word be your guide as you strive to follow Christ and make him known to others.